Welcome from Iraqi. My name is Luca Bertuzzi, your digital media editor. This week, we take a closer look at disinformation and information manipulation around the Ukrainian war. For an overview on all things digital in the EU, sign up to our free newsletter or visit the website Euractiv.com. This is Euractiv's Digital Brief Podcast. This episode is powered by Google. The Google Safety Engineering Centers in Munich and Dublin, led by experienced teams of engineers, policy specialists and subject matter experts, help guide Google's internet safety work across privacy, security, content responsibility and family safety. Find out more on g.co forward slash GSEC. Today I'm joined by Domen Savic, CEO of Citizen D an NGO focused on human rights and the digital era. Welcome, Domen. Welcome, Luca. Thanks for having me. What is your uh, view on the situation around the Ukrainian conflict, especially in disinformation terms? Looking from from the Slovenian point of view, uh, I think the the Ukraine-Russia conflict uh, offers uh, yet another uh, breeding ground for for disinformation that spreads spreads around uh, EU member states and offers basically talking points for any politician or citizen or anyone else who wants to be either pro Russia or against Russia, either pro Ukraine or against Ukraine. Is there anything specific about this conflict, or uh, has this? Uh... Uh, let's say, this information campaign exacerbated certain trends that we were seeing already? Of course, obviously. I mean, the the disinformation issue uh, has been uh, present in EU member states for for quite a while. Uh, Social media uh, networks and uh, algorithmic uh, uh, content editing uh, being one of the two key factors in in the in the spread and the amount of this information and i think the every conflict not just ukrainian uh, uh ukrainian uh, russian uh, offers ample sources or examples of disinformation right so war is amongst other things a very emotional uh, and uh, a very conflict uh, situation to be in or to monitor via via social media and, and other uh, online uh, online sources, and um, it gets people going. Right, everybody wants to have an opinion, and as I said, with the amount of disinformation currently uh, present online via social media, via local outlets, via blogs, and and other online sources, uh, there's. Um, there's plenty of examples one can use to to form an opinion or to shape its uh, its uh, point of view on the matter. We are now the third week, starting fourth um, of conflict. Have you seen a trend uh, since the beginning of of the hostilities? Uh, for instance, no, no. Let's stick to that. Have you seen a trend since the beginning of the uh, of the conflict? I think one of one of the biggest trends that that is, I think actually the most scary in my opinion is um, 
is the is the speed of the conflict and the attempts of uh, not just um, media consumers but but media producers to keep up with it or to be you know in the loop uh as with every conflict uh, you then have several issues of uh you know false reporting uh or uh, uh misreporting on on certain issues that later on turn out uh, false or objectively false um and i think that um combined with with the speed of spread of these reports who you know maybe in in the beginning their authors thought that they're reporting on you know factual grounds i think the the speed of the spread is is what scares me the most right cuz once uh, the cat's out of the bag to to coin a phrase uh, basically you know you you can't put it back right and uh, then it piles on or it adds on you have different layers of you know information mixed with disinformation or misinformation which creates a, a very a very powerful mixture in terms of uh, playing the the audience uh, against one another or uh, pointing out the the difficulties uh, in 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 the reporting which then causes you know the 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 general population uh, to sort of start to distrust media outlets and turn to, let's say, more obscure or more, um, more propagandistic <laughs> uh, sources online. Either you know foreign media disinformation campaigns, uh, social media campaigns, uh, chat app uh, disinformation campaigns, and and others. Speaking of uh, online platforms. What is your view on how all the major platforms have managed the disinformation around the conflict so far? There has been a lot of discussion and collaboration at the EU level. Uh, and indeed, we have heard mixed views uh, in the sense that some were saying collaboration has never been to this scale. Others criticized the platform for being too slow. What is your view on this? I think you can never uh so there's no one answer to your question right it it depends uh very heavily on where you are uh as you comment on these um issues on platforms response and and uh other other let's say um politics that were that were enforced in this time I think the the most worrying thing that that in my opinion happened during the the Ukraine Russia crisis is the is the outright ban of of Russian uh, media outlets in the EU? Uh, I'm not saying that you know uh, Russia didn't use its its media outlets to to spread propaganda and to spread uh, basically lies about the invasion. I'm saying that using uh, the the political clout of of European Commission that outright banned you know online uh, online platforms and and other media channels in the EU paints a very scary picture moving on and thinking about the next conflict or or the next uh, issue that will that will cause such a ban um another point to to consider is that we you know in in the last 
two years, we had basically several conflicts or several um, public crises that were that were based around this information. I'm talking about the anti-vax campaigns. I'm talking about anti-5G campaigns. And in those campaigns, the European Union did not reach out to, let's say, uh, online platforms and said, look, if you don't get your stuff together and your ducks in a row, we're going we're gonna to outright ban you. Uh, so again, you know, comparing these different issues that basically have the same core problem, the spread of disinformation that causes, uh, that causes public harm, is a, is a very disturbing trend. And uh, we need to have a serious talk uh, as citizens, as consumers, uh, what kind of you know media and and other policies do we want the European Commission or the European Union to have in this field? How do we achieve uh, a democratic process of of uh, accepting these uh, these policies? And how do we you know implement a sort of a control process that uh, that enables us to to sort of check what's actually happening and how do we counter you know harmful political decisions in this regard so let's go a bit deeper uh, into this argument because the european commission has been saying well first of all it's not a ban it's an economic sanction we are not saying these uh, journalists cannot work but we are forbidding uh, this uh, outlets to go on hair or to display their content on social media. Uh, secondly, what they're saying is these are not independent media. These are instruments of a coordinated campaign, uh, a foreign policy tool used by an authoritarian regime to try to destabilize uh, European democracies. So what's your, what's your view on these arguments? Uh, the way we've been handling uh, debates around media regulation for a while now in the European Union, we've, I think, come up to, to in a situation where you can basically say all of those things about anyone and you can almost always find some sort of arguments to, to support your claims, right? Um, obviously, in, in wartime... Uh, rules are going to be slightly different than in than in peacetime but i would rather see that you know european union uh you know declaring a, a state of war and you know activating nato and uh, other uh, wartime uh, institutions and then using these arguments to to ban um, specific um, specific platforms and and media outlets because that would at least, you know, send out a signal that, okay, look, we're in, officially we're in wartime and rules have changed, right? But the European Commission and other institutions are at one side, you know, saying, you know, this is, this has almost nothing to do with us. We're not gonna, we're not gonna get too involved in this. And at the same time saying, oh, but, you know, we're, we're basically banning or we're basically limiting, uh, re limiting the reach and limiting access to these platforms and to these media outlets. And again, at the same time, we've been going through, I mean, we've just had the, the second anniversary of, of the COVID pandemic. 
where you can still see the spread of disinformation online and in, in, in other media outlets playing one of the key roles in, uh, you know, um, the, the hampering of, of vaccine adoption with the spread of new variants of, of the coronavirus and so on. And again, European Union does not say or doesn't come out and say, okay, look, in, in two years' time, social media outlets and, and online media outlets didn't, uh, didn't uh, propose any effective solution uh, solutions to these issues they're they're basically they're basically spreading uh, spreading propaganda and disinformation about uh, vaccines or they're helping them spread and you know now the the ban is on the table so again you know combining or comparing these two these two issues paints a very worrisome picture where you know uh, arguments arguments in the end doesn't matter or don't matter all that matter is that you know who's in power and who then uses this power to do something that that feels is is right, even though the basis for these uh, for these um, decisions are very, you know, on a very on a very uh, uh, loose uh, loose legs. So, what would have been uh, an appropriate uh, reaction to this disinformation uh, campaign from Russia, in your view? I mean, compared to again, compared to the way we've been addressing this uh, this uh, this field for the last couple of years, right, with media literacy, with uh, liberalistic approach of you know we have to empower the citizen to make up its own mind and to to make the right decisions and and uh, other examples, you know, I would expect the European Commission to to sort of you know, take take the same stance uh, with with Russia disinformation, right? But instead, you know, we're turning we're turning we're doing a, a one eighty turn and and saying, okay, look, uh, you know, uh, people don't matter, people's opinion that don't matter. We're just gonna we're just gonna ban uh, we're just gonna ban the the bad guys quotation marks, uh, and and that's really worrisome from two points of view. One, as I've already explained, and the other one, because the European Commission is basically admitting that, you know, all of these public funds that went into supporting fact checkers, that went into supporting media literacy organizations, that went into supporting independent journalists for the for the past couple of years, maybe even decades, you know, don't amount to much when you know, you're actually in a situation where these things could prove effectful or not. Uh, so it's, um, again, it's a very, it's a very worrisome, worrisome decision, uh, uh, which, which should, you know, we should really, we should really discuss this and, and really offer some, you know, uh, uh, points of, of discussion for, for this future decision-making process in this in this regard because if we'll go on after this conflict one way or another wraps up and we go back to <laughs> the new normal you know we're still going to be faced with a with a problem of of uh, political actors in the eu using its power uh to sort of i mean not sort of to to exert 
you know censorship and to to regulate regulate the the online and media outlets on a whim without offering any any point of of uh, um, discussion or you know democratic uh, decision making process uh, and i think yeah again you know it's a it's a very it's a very scary thought and i'm you know really interested to see how you know this will will play out after you know this conflict hopefully soon you know resolve let's hope indeed that the conflict will end up soon and we will be watching closely the ongoing debate and all this domen savic is ceo at citizen d a slovenian ngo thank you domen for being with us thank you luca for being here That's all we got time for this week. Don't forget to sign up to our free Digital Brief newsletter for an overview on all things digital in the EU. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Amazon Music. I'm Mirko Bertuzzi and thank you for listening.